welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book Men Alive. Jim, for many years, you taught a course called Philosophical Foundations of Education. Can you help our understanding of what Colossians 2, 8 to 10 calls empty philosophies? Sure. Let's begin by reading Colossians 2, 8 to 10 from the New Living Translation. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. In 1978, I enrolled in doctoral studies at the University of Toronto. I attended the Ontario Institute for Studies for Education, called OASI for short. I was 35 years old at the time. I took 10 courses for my degree, and I spent a year doing research in Israel while we lived in Jerusalem as a family. One may ask, how does that relate to Colossians 2, 8 to 10? Let me explain. The majority of my professors were either atheistic Marxist sympathizers or agnostic secular humanists in their philosophical worldview. The word philosophy comes from two Greek words, philo meaning love and sophia meaning wisdom. The word philosophy means the love of wisdom. In university classes, I heard the name of Jesus Christ used as a swear word, not as a source of knowledge or wisdom. A philosophy based on man's atheistic logic is what I call an empty philosophy. It lacks God's wisdom revealed to us through the Bible and the life teachings of Jesus Christ. Over the past century, we've had a wide variety of empty philosophies and atheistic manifestos. Karl Marx and Frederick Engels' Communist Manifesto, Paul Kurtz edited the Humanist Manifestos 1 and 2, and in 2020, we had the Black Lives Matter Manifesto. What makes these empty philosophies so challenging for Christians? Picture a straight line pointing in two directions. At one end, write God's wisdom. At the other end, write man's wisdom or man's manifestos. Place yourself in the middle between the two words. We have a choice to make. Do we follow God's spiritual wisdom as found in the Bible, or do we follow man's human wisdom as found in various manifestos? Luke 2.52 tells us that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. We are also to increase in wisdom mentally. We are to be readers and thinkers of lifelong learners with a clear mind that understands scripture principles and applies them humbly. Then stature, physically, we are to model good health principles, favor with God, spiritual. We are to obey and apply scripture in our life to gain God's approval before engaging with others to help them learn to apply truth and favor with men socially. We love people and show it by our grace and kindness. To teach truth, we must love biblical wisdom. To avoid empty, high-sounding philosophies, we need to study to show ourselves equipped in our lifestyle before trying to communicate truth to others. 
Ezra 7, 9-10 makes this statement. The gracious hand of God was on him because Ezra had determined to study and obey the law of the Lord and to teach those decrees and regulations to the people of Israel. I agree. Teaching lays the foundation for building a disciple of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 28, 19-21, Jesus said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The authority to teach God's word comes from the source of the message, the truth of God's word, rather than the knowledge, personality, personal opinions, or qualifications of the messenger. James 3, 1-2 says, Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. Teaching increases how a learner understands content or knowledge of the truth about a subject, a fact, or a historical event. So teachers will be judged more strictly. Teaching requires a readiness to learn. One of Jesus' disciples made an observation in Mark 13:1 about the temple and how magnificent the temple was. Jesus turned it into a teachable moment. Christian teaching implies we are teaching biblical truths to others like the disciples did. Our goal is to move from transmissive learning of information to transformative learning of character development, learning that changes lives. While it is ultimately the Holy Spirit's function to change people, he uses teachers as his agents of change. The Apostle James says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is that? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith without works is dead. Transformative learning moves us from only hearing the words of truth transmitted in Scripture to becoming doers of whatever principle the Scripture teaches. It's a challenge to teach anyone when the learning requires a change of actions, beliefs, or character. One's background, experiences, fears, beliefs, biases, and security are threatened by a change in thinking. Change may cost money or a change in one's behavior. The addict who stops his addiction could end up with a change in lifestyle, spending patterns, and friendships. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. You can receive a free copy of today's script, Empty Philosophies, taken from Dr. Jim's book, Men Alive, by sending him an email, menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Jim, these manifestos written by men often address some genuine problems in our culture. How might we respond as Christians to an anti-Christian atheistic manifesto? There are admittedly inequalities and injustices in our communities. That is a reality. 
But most manifestos build on the foundation of man's wisdom believing there is no God to help solve the problem. Karl Marx wanted the abolition of eternal truth, all religion, and all morality. His high-sounding nonsense came from a humanistic, atheistic way of thinking based on the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. James 2.19 clearly states it's foolish to be an atheist. Even the demons believe there is one God, and they tremble in terror at his name. There is a spiritual battle going on for the mind of every person listening to this broadcast. The reality is God is in control, but we want to be in control. So life becomes a control issue. Who is in control? Consider the analogy of a fruit tree. A healthy root system sustains the tree. Roots provide the strength to remain standing and the sustenance to stay healthy. Men, we are like trees. What people see is the visible exterior, but inside is our invisible root system. Our thoughts, intents, attitudes, and beliefs are all kept deep within until we speak. Proverbs tells us, even a fool is regarded as a wise man if he keeps his mouth shut. Nutrition flows up the trunk from the roots, so our spoken words progress from the roots into actions. There are numerous examples where a person preceded their actions with spoken words or written expressions before they ever did the action. Adolf Hitler wrote Mein Kampf, or My Fight, before he was the leader of Germany. Marxists, secular humanists, and anarchists have written their manifestos, outlining their goal. Luciferians clearly state their goal, one world government with Satan as their sovereign ruler. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, we try to accept and love people unless they reveal from their heart errors in beliefs or lifestyle. We are told not to be a judge. God is the only judge of mankind. He is in control. By their fruit we will know their character. Our lifelong goal to know God will someday become eternal learning with God. Colossians teaches that Christ is the head over every ruler and authority. God made all authority. God is head over all authority. Christ disarmed all authority, and all authority has been given to Christ. As Christians, we accept this authority and submit to the teachings of Scripture. As members of the body of Christ, we accept that God is in control of the nations. God owns all the earth, and God gives the land to whomever He chooses. We are temporary stewards of His land. Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto states, The theory of the communists may be summed up in the single sentence, Abolition of Private Property. That is classic atheistic human logic. An atheist who does not believe in God could readily believe all land and property must be owned and controlled by a central government. Therefore, we need to abolish private property. God is not part of the equation. Empires come and empires go. But the Lord of Heaven's armies is in sovereign control. He made every blade of grass. He feeds every songbird. He arranged our salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son. He even knows how many hairs are on your head. And in your case, Pablo, it is an easy count. Careful about hair comments, my longtime friend. But there is more now around the chin than there is on the top of my head. 
What would we be exchanging today if we fell prey to empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ? The Apostle James tells us in James 3:17 to 18 that wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Do we really want to risk losing God's wisdom and forget our Savior? Absolutely not. It would be like taking a precious and expensive gift and exchanging it for a cheap one nicely wrapped in fancy paper. Here's my takeaway. I regard Colossians 2, 8-10 as our early warning system to be discerning and to consider the source of what is presented to us. There you have it, men. Eugene Peterson in The Message says, You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without Him. When you come to Him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. Don't forget to order your free copy of this week's offer, Empty Philosophies. Request it at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. And until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become men alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Thank you.